European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 14, Focus Issue Cardiomyopathies by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Novel Insights into Rare Cardiomyopathies, Arrhythmogenic Cardiomyopathy, Non-Compaction, and Transthyretin Amyloidosis. Pump failure of the heart may arise from ischemic or non-ischemic cardiomyopathies. While the former is related to ischemia, myocardial infarction and scar formation, the latter is most commonly genetic in nature. As such, non-ischemic cardiomyopathies are heterogeneous in their underlying causes and outcomes. Of note, genetics provides more insights into their risk of fatal arrhythmias and pump failure than left ventricular ejection fraction that still dominates clinical reasoning. Besides hypertrophic cardiomyopathies, whose genetics have been well characterized, Dilated cardiomyopathies encompass laminin, titin, troponin, and many other mutations. Furthermore, arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy, or ACM, is a heritable condition characterized by ventricular arrhythmias and progressive ventricular dysfunction due to fibrofatty replacement, primarily of the right ventricle, and due to the number of desmosomal gene mutations. The mutated desmosonal cadherin proteins may induce autoantibodies that trigger myocardial inflammation often present in such patients. The phenotype, clinical course and genetics of this rare cardiomyopathy is reviewed in the article Genetics of Inherited Cardiomyopathy by Hugh Calkins and colleagues from the John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, USA. The authors remind us that the risk of sudden cardiac death is elevated in ACM and can be the presenting symptom, particularly in younger individuals and athletes. For the understanding of its natural course, an emerging threshold model for ACM inheritance is useful, in which multiple factors, including pathogenic variants in known ACM genes, genetic modifiers, and environmental exposure, particularly exercise, are required to reach a threshold for disease expression. For best practice, it's mandatory to integrate genetics, including recent discoveries, in caring for ACM families and emphasize the utility of genotype for both management of affected individuals and predictive testing in family members. This aspect is further investigated in the article High Penetrance and Similar Disease Progression in Probands and in Family Members with Arrhythmogenic Cardiomyopathy by Christina Hauger and colleagues from the Oslo University Hospital in Norway. They assessed the structural progression of 144 arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy patients in mutation-positive family members, of which more than half had had penetrant arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy disease. Structural progression was defined as the development of new task force imaging criteria between inclusion and follow-up and progression rates as annual changes in imaging parameters. During seven years of follow-up, 47% of family members without the disease at inclusion developed ACM, resulting in a yearly penetrance of 8%. Probands and family members had similar progression rates of right ventricle outflow tract diameter. Right ventricular fractional area change progression rate was even higher in family members. Among 80 patients without structural disease at inclusion, a first ventricular arrhythmic event occurred in 17%, of which three-quarters had concomitant structural progression. Structural progression was associated with a higher risk of ventricular arrhythmias, with an adjusted hazard ratio of 
Thus, more than half of family members had ACM criteria at genetic diagnosis, and yearly ACM penetrance occurred in 1 in 12. Structural progression was similar in probands and family members, and associated with higher risk of ventricular arrhythmias. These clinically important data are put into context in an editorial by Hugh Calkins from the John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland in the USA. In a current opinion, arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, evaluation of the current diagnostic criteria and differential diagnosis, Domenico Corrado and colleagues from the Università degli Studi in Padua, Italy, discuss current diagnostic criteria as proposed by the International Task Force in 2010 in the form of a qualitative scoring system which encompasses familial, ECG, arrhythmic, structural and functional and histopathologic disease features. Clinical use of the 2010 International Task Force diagnostic criteria has identified major limitations, including overdiagnosis due to the inclusion of molecular genetic findings in the diagnostic scoring system, as well as underdiagnosis due to the absence of cardiac magnetic resonance tissue characterization findings, lack of criteria for diagnosis of left dominant disease variants, and inadequacy in the pediatric population, which represents a sizable proportion of patients with ACM. This review discusses the clinical performance of current International Task Force criteria and identifies potential areas of improvement of diagnostic accuracy of ACM. Another rare cardiomyopathy is non-compaction. In a clinical research article entitled A Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of the Prevalence of Left Ventricular Non-Compaction in Adults, Chris Samsarian and colleagues from the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Camperdown, Australia, assess the prevalence of left ventricular non-compaction in different adult cohorts. They performed a systematic review and meta-analysis of studies reporting left ventricular non-compaction prevalence in adults. 59 eligible studies documenting left ventricular non-compaction in 67 unique cohorts were included. The pool prevalence estimates were consistently higher amongst cohorts diagnosed on cardiac magnetic resonance imaging i.e. 15% compared with echocardiogram, i.e. 1.3%. This finding was unchanged when analysis was restricted to studies at low or moderate risk of bias. The prevalence of left ventricular non-compaction varied between disease and population representative cohorts. Athletic cohorts demonstrated high prevalence estimates on echocardiogram, i.e. 3.2%, and cardiac magnetic resonance imaging, i.e. 27.3%. Thus, left ventricular non-compaction in adults is a poorly defined entity which likely encompasses both physiological adaption and disease. Prevalence increased with the use of cardiac magnetic resonance imaging. As such, the clinical significance of these findings remains unclear with a risk of overdiagnosis, overtreatment and unnecessary follow-up. These provocative findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Perry Elliott from the University College London in the United Kingdom. Transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis or ATTR cardiomyopathy is a condition that does not involve mutation of proteins of the contractile apparatus or desmosomal genes, but rather deposition of unfolded transthyretin proteins. Cardiac amyloidosis is more common than previously considered particularly in patients with left ventricular hypertrophy and hypertension, or even aortic stenosis. 
Its recognition is particularly important as novel treatment options have become available and other novel ones are in development. In their article, Echocardiographic Phenotype and Prognosis in Transthyretin Cardiac Amyloidosis, Mariana Fontana and colleagues from the National Amyloidosis Centre in London in the United Kingdom sought to characterise the structural and functional echocardiographic phenotypes ATTR cardiomyopathy wild type and hereditary ATTR cardiomyopathy and their role in predicting prognosis. In 1,240 patients comprising echocardiographic assessment and survival of 766 with wild type and 474 with hereditary ATTR cardiomyopathy, of whom 314 had the V122I variant and 127 had the T60A variant, at diagnosis, those with V122I hereditary ATTR cardiomyopathy had the most severe systolic and diastolic dysfunction, and those with the T60A hereditary ATTR cardiomyopathy the least. Patients with wild-type ATTR cardiomyopathy had intermediate features, stroke volume index, right atrial area index, longitudinal strain, and E over E prime were all independently associated with mortality. Severe aortic stenosis was also independently associated with shorter survival. Thus, three distinct genotypes present with varying degrees of severity, with echocardiographic features being independently associated with mortality. With newly developed treatment options, these results are of the utmost importance, as pointed out in an insightful editorial by Matthew Mara from the Columbia University in New York, USA. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum pieces. In a contribution entitled Cardiovascular Magnetic Resonance Imaging Volume Criteria for Arrhythmogenic Right Ventricular Cardiomyopathy, Need for an Update, Mohamed Kanji and colleagues from the Barts Health NHS Trust in London, United Kingdom, comment on the publication also printed in this article entitled Arrhythmogenic Right Ventricular Cardiomyopathy Evaluation of the Current Diagnosis Criteria and Differential Diagnosis. Corrado et al. respond in a separate contribution. Finally, last but not least, this issue contains a long list of experts who supported us in 2019 by submitting their reviews on many papers. Thanks to this invaluable input, our editors are able to select the best manuscripts, and we cannot thank them enough. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.